Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello friends and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Loss Podcast. This week's podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball fights, and even next season's NFL features. And don't forget this weekend as the run to the Roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas and Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head on over to their website today, which is betonline.ag, or you can use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEF, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, our promo code is the network that we're on, believe B-L-E-A-V, and you will receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Huge thanks to Bet Online for joining us and presenting this episode of the podcast. So on this week's episode, uh, Cole Wright of the Marquee Sports Network in Chicago rolls by, and we preview the Cubs series, and uh, we also look at the Pirates, and uh, we do a deep dive into this, the week that was, check everyone's scores as to where they're at, hit, hint, I won, so did Roger, but I'm still kind of hesitant to admit that because, you know, you know that whole thing he does, 5-0, and oh, you know, sweeps, all that stuff. Anyway, we dive into that stuff and uh, and much more. So without further ado, here is another edition of the Bleed Lose Podcast. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Lose Podcast with your hosts, Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And stopping by the Carnesada to uh, talk about the look ahead with the Dodgers is a marquee, <coughs> excuse me, marquee sports network analyst. Cole Wright, former sports and Sportsnet LA analyst too. Uh, Cole Wright, thank you for joining us, man. Hey, no problem, Alonzo. My pleasure. Glad to be here. So let's uh, let's let's look at the uh, the series ahead. The Dodgers uh, have a set with the Cubs this upcoming weekend. The Cubs obviously are in a little bit of a rebuild right now. Uh, you know they they did make some acquisitions. You know they're already even talking about some of the the starting pitchers that may even be on the move out of out of Chicago. I think that's premature because anything can happen, obviously, but. Uh, be that as it may, uh, what can you tell us about the Cubs, where they're at right now, and what to expect this weekend at the Ravine? Like you said, you know, it's 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 a little bit of a rebuild, but, the, you know, there are there are guys who are, are are coming through and getting things done. I mean, you know, when you take a look at a player like Nico Horner, I, mean, I know he, you know, more times than not, he occupies the nine hole. But, you know, over the last few games, we've seen him move up a little bit. But, you know, he's the best nine hole hitter in all of baseball. Like, in, in my opinion, he, he could play anywhere else on that team. You know, but I, I just feel like he provides that punch towards the back end of the lineup, which, you know, sometimes sets the table. It's almost like, you know, the, what, 1999 Tony La Russa, where he'd have, you know, a, a, a position player batting ninth or his pitcher bat, batting ninth sometimes. And sometimes you have that guy batting eighth that could provide that extra punch or he'd, he'd put that pitcher eighth just to make sure he'd have that guy, you know, that, that could be like that second table center. And when it comes to Nico, we showed a graphic the other day on our show and, you know, since – I think 2019 or maybe it's 2020, he has the highest batting average with runners on base. And he was slowly, the, the guy who was right on his, on his tail was Freddie Freeman. And so to see Nico Horner, you know, on a, on a, on a full screen graphic, like we call him in, in the business, it, it's kind of crazy, but the productivity that he gives you, you know, night in and night out. I mean, now he's starting to kind of, you know, shape into his own as, as a, as a major league shortstop. But I mean, that's that's a slow progression sometimes. But, you know, when the defense comes along and the bats starting to come through, I mean, I know he's only got two home runs this year, but both of them have come at Wrigley Field and he's put a charge in both of them. Maybe he's not the biggest guy, clearly, as as you can see, but he's a grinder. He's one of those he's one of those kind of guys who's a glue guy. You, you need a player like that who can go out there and he, he can he can chew things up every day. We had Cliff Floyd on our pregame show, uh, obviously Chicago native, uh, the last two games versus the White Sox and. You know, 
he looks at a guy like, like Nico Horner and he's like, this is the kind of player that you need to have. This is the kind of guy who helps you, your, your clock tick when it comes to your squad. And I think that is the kind of player that he is like mixed in with all the Patrick wisdoms and Frank Schwindels and Alfonso Rivas is, you know, guys who, you know, maybe were overlooked in their careers who, you know, you look at Patrick wisdom, he's got tons of power, you know, un- unbelievable amount, you know, with, since the end of May at, at these number two in home runs in all major league baseball. So, and then you combine him with a guy like Frank Schwindel and Alfonso Rivas guys who, like I said, may have been overlooked at other stops, but what do they do? They put the ball in play and, and, and they may not be the household names, you know, like a, like a Mookie Betts or a Freddie Freeman, but those guys go out there and they're going to scrap. Like they're going to be in every game. And if I'm not mistaken, the Cubs, they've, they've dropped more one run games and they've been in more close ball games than anyone in baseball. So, I mean, I, I know when you look at the record right now, it doesn't speak volumes of, of how, how solid they, they could be or how, how good they need to be. But I think that they're going to be in every game. And we saw that last year versus the Dodgers at Wrigley Field. I mean, it, it, completely different personnel. However, they got that sweep. And then when they went out to the ravine, obviously things changed with the, uh, the home run that was called a non-home run with Jason Hayward that for whatever reason they said it was foul, but I saw it go behind the foul pole. And then after that, you know, it was it was completely downhill because the, the day before was a combined no hitter. And then we know where everything went after the, those few games, like, you know, 11, 12 losses in a row. And then Chris Bryant's gone and, and then Anthony Rizzo has gone and, and then everybody's gone. It seemed like so we'll, we'll see. It's going to be it's going to be a fun series. There's no way around it. And, and I misspoke. It's a it's a Wrigley Field. Sorry, I'm looking at like three schedules. Sue me. My if, if it was, it'd be unbelievable because that means I have to be pro- probably in NLA <laughs> if we're doing pregame shows from there. But the change of weather would be a little bit better because uh forecast for Friday does not look great. No. Yeah. I, I actually saw a thing that it, it, it may even be postponed tomorrow. Uh, so, so we'll see kind of how that goes, but uh, I'm sure I won't find out until I get into work, <laughs> put a whole, a whole rundown together for a pregame show. And as soon as I'm getting done with the last piece of, you know, little real estate there, they'll be like, Oh, the game's done. So I have everything already done for, but either way, like I said, it should be fun. And I know a guy that everyone's going to be looking at is uh, I can't say his first name to save my life, but Suzuki. Uh, say yeah, just say just, like yeah, yeah, almost like almost kind of like Junior say out, just say ah, say oh, okay, he's enough. Say Suzuki, who's I feel like some of the the criticism has been a little brutal as as far as you know, kind of. I understand too though because you know the money tied to it, all that stuff. But um, but I, you know, obviously that's one of the guys that a lot of people are going to be looking out for. What can you tell us about Say Suzuki and what to look out for as as, as far as that goes? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to tip his hand and, and give give all the Dodgers pitchers a scouting report just like that. But uh, he's patient, man, and that's one thing that we've seen. You know, a, a little bit of deviation in his game over the last few. However, I mean, the last time I looked, man, it's it's not very easy to be a major league hitter, and you know, for him to make that transition and make it seem you know virtually seamless, that's one of the things that you have to tip your cap to him about. And I know he's he's been over a, you know a rough patch over the last I don't know twenty five at bats. But the good news is that he started off hot. And when you start off hot, like there's there's so much to be said for, okay, you know, you started off and you you, you had a 375 batting average and you fall, fell on hard times a little bit. And now he's, you know, you know right around 270, wherever that it may be, whoever it may be. But it's easier to start fast, cool off, and then heat back up again than to start cold and then try to heat, heat up, period. Because we've seen so many guys that, you know, right now are batting, I mean, way less than their weight. And that's not what you want to see with the guy who's making that international transition. And from what we've seen from Seat Suzuki in a small sample size is he's, he's a patient stick. He, he takes a lot of pitches. He fouls pitches off and he likes to work the count. Now he, he, he minimizes his swing and misses and his strikeouts as well, which I'm a big fan of. Like when it, when it comes to the small ball, the, the get him on, get him over, get him in. I mean, it, and we've seen it a lot of times. You saw it in a Dodgers and Padres game that went to extra innings. It was man on second, bun them over, sack fly, run scores. All right, let's get this one. Let's let's hold everyone else off the board, and then you win a ball game. So, you know, it's and maybe I do have an old school mentality, but when you see guys who who can set the table, you get a base runner, you put a sack bunt down, get a sack fly. Those things help score runs. And I know everyone would like to sit back and wait on a home run, but sometimes you have to look in the mirror and realize what you are. What, what is your offensive firepower? I mean, are you are you going to go in, in, in into a gunfight with the guy with the bazooka when you have a Saturday night special? Like, I, I don't think so. Like, you know, a pistol talk, not using my wheelhouse, 
But you know what I'm saying? If you if you have a guy like, say, Suzuki who can do so many things offensively, if he can lay down a punt and he can do something that's going to be effective for you, I think that's what you want to see from him, and that's what he can do. He can put the ball in play. He had a great at-bat the other day where he took two wild cuts, and then his, his last swing to drive a run in was just, okay, outer half, flip it in the right field, run comes around from second. That's the kind of bat that you want to see, productive at-bats, and those are the kind of at-bats that Seiya Suzuki gives you more time to not. Hey, Cole, uh, so looking at the numbers, it seems that the offense is about middle of the road, and you had mentioned that the Cubs are in a lot of one-run games this season. So what has been the bigger letdown, the offense or their pitching? Because it looks like if you look at their pitching numbers, it might be worse than their offensive numbers. And that's the thing. Like I think it was yesterday we had a, a, a board that, that showed – the, the starters and the relievers, they, they were right in the same amount of innings. And it doesn't matter what team it is, that really can't be the model. You know, you want, you want your starters to be able to chew up frames and, and go out there and give you length. And that's been, that's been one of the biggest issues. I mean, outside of Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks, it's been tough to get those quality starts. And, you know, uh, Drew Smiley the other, the other day went on the bereavement list. I mean, he's the projected starter. Or Friday, if it all goes down, you know, weather pending. But it's it's the inability to go deep into games. And that's that's big. I mean, you know, whether it's third time through the lineup, whether it's the, the relievers coming out and, and trying to chew up innings, they can't do that on a nightly basis. Keegan Thompson, I mean, he's been he's been a savior coming out of the bullpen. The guy's fantastic. He goes out there with no fear. I mean, he went 16 in the third before a, a run was even tacked on versus him. So I, he, he's a guy who's going to go out there and he's going to be a dog. He's going to fight. However, like I said, he can't come out of the pen every night and chew up three innings. So there needs to be length. There needs to be <clears throat> Justin Steele needs to go six innings. Marcus Stroman needs to go six, seven innings. Kyle Hendricks needs to go that that length. A, a guy like Drew Smiley needs to chew up those innings. And like you said, that has been, the, I feel like, the, the bigger of the two when it comes to, okay, what needs to be worked on right now? It's, it's the pitching. And, you know, and it, it just is what it is. You know, you, you look at some of the guys around the league that have that velocity. The Cubs staff doesn't really have that velocity. They rely on craft a little more, more than not. I mean, they have Chris Martin that comes out of the bullpen who, who does throw hard, but he's 95, 96. I just feel like it's, it's all about the ability to throw strikes, keep guys out front and off balance. But if those pitches aren't working, that sometimes can be problematic because, you know, the crooked, the crooked number has been one of the biggest backbreakers for the Cubs this year and, and, and length. So if you're throwing, if you're not going six or seven innings, which the starters have not gone and they, and they know that's, that's, that's an Achilles heel right now. If you're not chewing up those innings and, and going a certain distance, then you can't surrender crooked numbers. And that's what, that's what you've seen. And, and then sometimes it's just too hard to play catch up. Once again, like if you, if you give up three in one inning and then you're, you're still playing chase and then you only you only put up two and you know in, in two more innings, that's where those one run ball games come into play. And and being able to run through the tape has been the biggest issue right now. And it, it's I don't know if this is going to be a byproduct of the, of the weather. And you don't want to blame anything on the weather because both teams have to play in it. But the, being a native Chicagoan and and having spent time around a bunch of different places around the country, the Cubs have gotten a raw deal right now on the weather. I mean, I could hear it outside raining right now. And at last look, it's probably about 47 degrees, which isn't great. Like I asked you guys before we started, like, hey, I got some headphones. You want me to go grab those? They're in my car. I didn't even feel like going out to the driveway. I'm like, nah, you know what? If I don't need them, then I won't use them. But, I mean, you get the picture when it comes to weather. And I was telling the kid, we have a guy that's uh, – his name is Rudy – he, he was on the uh, he's, on, he's on the Columbia National Hockey Team, but he's from L.A. and he works at Marquee Sports Network. And I asked him, I said, you know, when the last game was rained out at Dodger Stadium? And he's like, "Nah, I, I don't know. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it was April 17th, 2000. This kid wasn't even born yet. So that to me is one of the craziest marks in, in all of professional sports. The fact that there's kids that are in college and have never seen a rain out at Chavez Ravine is, is to me is just it's it's unbelievable. It's one of the craziest things in all sports. And my wife's always like. Why do you think that's so that's so crazy? I'm like, there hasn't been a game that's been affected by weather in like 21 years. That 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 to me is outrageous. But make make of it what you will, fellas. It's it's a it's a, it's a luxury to never get rained out or have weather play a part. Hey Cole, what's rain? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean, Tony, Tony, Tony. They said it best, man. I mean, you, you know, it never rains in Southern California, right? Exactly. So if the game does get postponed on Friday, more than likely a doubleheader on Saturday, right? 
I would, I guess, I mean, e- either way, I mean, if they wanted to do a doubleheader on Mother's Day, that'd be, that'd be all right. I'm off on Mother's Day. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> not, two nine-inning doubleheaders, that doesn't, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of ring to it as the, the, the two sevens did. I mean, because, I mean, I just feel like there's more of a sense of urgency, like seven-inning games, okay, we can't wait around. All right, we're going to score. Yeah, we'll score in the fifth through the seventh. You'll try to get, you know, you have to score now. And that's that was one of the fun things about those two sevens. And in Major League Baseball, if anyone from the commissioner's office is listening, I mean, you, you have 45 days to institute any of those rules that were that were signed into in, into edicts. If you want 45 days, if you want to still make those doubleheaders, two seven innings, you can still do that. So maybe, maybe we can get that. Who knows? Thank you. I had no problem with those seven inning doubleheaders and everybody's losing their mind. And it's just like you guys complain about how long the games are. And here exactly. they are playing two. To make se- you know seven innings, I I just don't get it. But if well, that is I, I, the how case, how about this one, Juan? How about yeah. this one? The, the seven inning games. Now that they're they're gone, if if you go and do not allow a hit, a la Madison Bumgarner with the Arizona Diamondbacks, that's a no hitter. That's yeah. a complete game. It's if you win a game, that's it's called a complete game. But they're saying it's a game where he allowed no hits. But if that is a complete game in Major League Baseball's eyes, why is that not a no hitter? I, just, I just don't just, really think it's fair for, for Madison Bumgarner. Like maybe he had two more innings and no hit baseball in him. Who knows? But that wasn't what was asked of him. The, the, it was a threshold where there's seven innings. That's a no hitter. Come on. So do you think that's just specific to baseball fan that they complain about everything? Or is that across all sports? Because I, I maybe I'm just too much on Twitter because it's just like they complain about everything. They don't all oh, the humidor, uh, the humidor is, is ruining the, the, yeah. the game. I was just like, I was just at the game last night and Mookie Betts and, and Max Muncy didn't have a problem hitting home runs, but everybody yeah. else is saying, Oh, you know, the ball is just dying. It's a dead ball era again. No. Yeah. I guess Byron Bucks did hit one today about like 456 feet. And it was, I think it was 112 miles an hour off the bat. Like, uh, j- Balls that are deadened, like Byron Buxton cares nothing about that right about now. But, you know, it's, and it's, I, I do think it is just, it's just baseball fans in general that there's just way too many stats and numbers. And especially with all the new numbers and, and all the, all the new convoluted stats. But I, I don't know. I just feel like even when you look at this stat, like, how about this one? Okay. You have runners on first and third. There's no outs. You're, you're in the batter's box. You smoke one, hit into a double play, run scores. That's not an RBI. Yeah. It's like, why is that not an RBI? By the letter of the law, that run was batted in. Well, and then, and then I guess the argument is, well, you hit into a double play. I'm like, does it say, uh, is there a fine print somewhere that says, oh, it'll be an RBI unless you hit into a double play? Say it's the World Series, game seven. You win one to nothing. Nobody gets that RBI? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I think that's, that, that's a problem. And even, like, if you get on base on an error, it doesn't go for your on base. But there, there's so many holes when it comes to scoring. And I feel like... I'm, I'm I'm the one to sit there. I'm, I'm I'm not a gatekeeper, but I feel like there there should be some augmentations when it comes to some of those rules. Oh, okay, guys, let's revisit these. After all, they are 150 plus years old. So, <laughs> Cole Wright, <clears throat> excuse me, Cole Wright from uh, Marquee Sports Network joining us here. Uh, Cole wanted to ask you one thing. Uh, obviously, you work for Sportsnet LA, not anymore because you're with Marquee Sports Network. Like I said. Mm-hmm. They do their pregame show outside, and, and you know why they do it outside? Because it's nice out. Yes. So, do yeah. you miss doing any of that stuff in in the uh, good weather, or is it one? Because we did our pregame outside yesterday. I mean, I, I did have on a Columbia winter parka and a stocking cap, <laughs> but um, we we do shows from Gallagher Way right in front of Wrigley Field when it's when it's nice out, which is gorgeous. And you know, the one thing that I will say is that we have the best setup in all major league baseball. Our, our, our offices are steps away from Wrigley field. So it's not like when we at, at sports in LA, the, the sports in LA offices, which they're fantastic, but they're in El Segundo. Yeah. So it's not like you'd be like, okay, I'm going to go do that show today. And then I'm going to dip over to Dodger stadium real quick, you know, catch the first three innings, go to the suite. Uh, no, you're, you're in El Segundo. I mean, I lived close, which I, I was in Redondo beach. So it was about a, a two, 2.3 mile ride. I could ride my bike there if I wanted to, but there was no, there was, it wasn't even a dream of being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, speed off real quick. You know, imagine seeing, seeing Jerry Harrison being like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go from El Segundo to Dodger stadium. I'll be right back for post game. Never because you will not make it back even in your wildest dreams. And we, we, you guys all know that. So um, that, that's one of the things that we do have at, at, at Wrigley and at, with Marquis is I feel like just our setup is, 
is, is fantastic. And you know, we've gotten out of the field for the first time just yesterday. So especially with all the, the COVID restrictions being lifted and everything like, you know, this season. So I think there's, we'll have a, a lot more days to come and, you know, don't, don't shortstop Chicago in the summer because, no. you know, as, as, as big of a fan as I was of, of the city of Los Angeles, Chicago in the summer is pretty much second to none, man. And when the humidity, when that, that though, humidity, Cole, yeah. the humidity they'll call, I mean, in That's August, it, is... it gets spicy. It does. Yeah. It, it does. And even even my daughter, when we went to uh, when we were still living in L.A., we went to a Rockies game, uh, Cubs Rockies game, and she was cheering obviously against the Rockies because you know she, she's like, okay, they're in the Dodgers division. I don't want I don't want them to get any, any gain any ground. And uh, it was it was like ninety four degrees in the sun that day, and she was sitting there just complaining. And I guess we, we never really <laughs> went to a whole bunch of day Dodger games, right? And you know when yeah. you get there, it's you know, it's, it's six forty. It's just, it's the sun's going down. You get that nice view, you know, through the, you know, through the, through the seats and everything, if you're sitting in, in a certain spot, but yeah, that, that was one of the things is that it, the, the summertime games, my, my daughter, my wife are like, it gets, it gets hot here. I'm like, yeah, it does. It's good, good baseball weather. Nice to get loose. Like, you know, guys who throw hard, like to pitch in that. Yeah. I don't miss the humidity. I love Chicago. Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the United yeah. States. Food is great. You know, airports are suspect. I will say that I'm not a fan of the airports in in the metro. I feel like every big city's airport is suspect. Like, have you seen any yeah. big city where people are like, "Oh, I just love going to Houston." Dallas. But I also, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, but, Boston, but even at that, like, Logan Airport, it's a dream. No, yeah. no one said no, that. No, ever. no. but yeah. but I will say this about Chicago. Chicago, the, it gets a rap in the sense because of fans. I have never had a bad interaction with anyone there, whether it was for basketball, whether it was for baseball. And I also love Wrigley Field. If you ever get the chance, go to Wrigley Field. Go check it out. It's beautiful. It's well-preserved. Obviously, they modernized some stuff, but it's still one of the best places to go to in all in the entire league. So if you can. I, I think the same about Dodger. Everyone, when I first moved to L.A., everyone always said, oh, Dodger Stadium, it's the worst. The fans, everyone's trying to find. I've been to at least uh, 75 to 100 games as a fan with, with my little one and my wife and and I would go as when the Cubs came to town, I, I I always wore my Cubs gear. You know, that's, that was the thing. And I never one time ever had anybody throw any negative comments. I sat low level third row, right behind home plate. When Jake Arietta threw his no hitter and a lifelong Dodgers fan at the end of the game, man, stood up and was crying and dabbed me up and gave me a hug, man. And said, I'm so happy for you. So any myth that's perpetuated about Dodger stadium and the fans not, not being fan friendly and, and baseball savvy, like that's that's a complete myth. I think it's a myth that's been perpetuated by angry giant fans. I don't, I don't know why they're so angry, but that that's pretty much why it is. I've never seen anything but good vibrations, man, around Dodger Stadium. No, fair. and the truth shall shall set you free, right there. there it Cole is. Cole speaking the truth there. I mean, it doesn't get any better than Wrigley Field and Dodger Stadium. If I had, if I could only watch watch games at either venue for the rest of my life, I'd be fine. I, I, they're both fantastic. Well, on that note. Hey, we before we let oh, go Cole ahead. go, I just want to ask him one one thing about his boy Jerry Harrison. Is that is that an act, or did, is he really, in the words of the the late great Stuart Scott, smoother than the other side of the pillow? I, I think it's a little bit of both. I feel like you know he's, uh, but I tell you, he, he was he's always been a smooth cat though, man. I mean, you know, I played against Jerry in high school, and I played with with, with his brother Justin. You know, because Jerry's a year older than me, we played you know summer league together when we were younger. But he's a funny dude, man. Like he's, I feel like it's, it, you almost don't expect him to be that funny, but I feel like some of it is, you know, a, a little bit of an act. It's a little bit of a, yeah, he tries to play the part, but I mean, like he says, man, the, the, the 2009 Yankees, they wouldn't have won without him. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know crazy, but we, we went one time, we went to, to Magic Mountain, uh, Jerry and I, and, and we're, and we're leaving and, you know, I saw he has the, obviously all major league veterans that played for more than 10 years have that giant, like that gold card. That's like the, the thickness of like three credit cards, but it gets you into any, any game, anywhere, anytime. And, you know, J Jerry played for 16 seasons and they say what only 1% plays 15 years or more. And after that, it just keeps going down and down and down. So and Jerry's like, yeah, man, if you play over 15 years, you, you automatically deserve to be a Cooperstown. And I'm like, Hmm, and that's that sounds kind of good. And one day he said it around Nomar. So he's like, you know, if you played over 15 years, you should be right in Cooperstown. And I, Nomar is 14 years, you know, in. So that's, that's kind of <laughs> funny. But yeah, J Jerry, man, he's a he's a laugh a minute. You know, one of the one of the best guys in the business to work with, man. And you know, great grateful to him because if it weren't for Jerry, you know, helping me get on 
working with the Dodgers, like, you know, I wouldn't be here working for the Cubs because at, at first, you know, at, at Sportsnet LA, they're like, oh, yeah, he works at NFL Network. He's a football guy. Like, why would we hire a football guy to do baseball? But, you know, ha- having the background and playing with Jerry growing up, and Jerry's like, no, 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 he's a baseball dude that works at NFL Network. So, you know, if it weren't for Jerry, you know, helping me out, get, get a job at Sportsnet LA, like, who knows? Maybe I would be back home in Chicago being able to work for the Chicago Cubs and being able to take my parents – you know, to, to the suite on, on, on Mother's Day and Father's Day and watching baseball games where I grew up at. So it's, it's, it's pretty nuts. So are you a football guy or were you a football guy or a baseball guy? Like, what do you I'm consider? I'm a baseball guy. You're a baseball, I'm a baseball guy? guy. I grew up playing baseball. I played football, organized football two years of my life. But I just, you know, being a broadcaster, yeah. you know, I just feel like, you know, if, if I'm not doing baseball, I'd much rather do football. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I'm not a basketball guy like that. So those are the two sports for me that really have always resonated. But, you know, I'm not a football guy. I mean, I did play baseball, you know, in college, after college. So that's, if you had to go by letter of the law, like I, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for baseball. So to be able to stay in baseball and keep my feet in it while I was still in football, it's almost the same way how I, I work. I do FanDuel stuff now because I always want to stay in football. I mean, the NFL is fantastic. I mean, if I can always, you know, have somewhat of a voice, you know, I can go on someone's podcast or, or go on FanDuel shows and help people make a few bucks with the NFL. That That's fantastic. So, you know, I, I, as much as I love baseball, I, I, I almost equally love football as much. Well, Are you a Bears you were... fan? Oh, yeah. Are go you ahead. a Bears fan? I think working, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as, as, a, as a kid growing up, here, here's the thing. I, I feel like, and, and I, I don't he's a baseball it. guy. He's a baseball I'm guy. A baseball I'm a baseball guy. guy. Yeah. Like if, if you ask me, even when the, when the Cubs were at their darkest days, are you a Cubs fan? Absolutely. But it's tougher because when we, when, when you work at NFL network, you don't really cover the teams that aren't doing a whole bunch of winning. Right. So you don't have to talk about them as much. I, I would love to see the bears get back to their winning ways. I mean, being the, the number three media market in the country and to, to only have two pro bowl quarterbacks and one of them being Mitch Trubisky as an alternate uh, other one being Jim McMahon back in 86. Like, I think that's a problem. When you're the number three media market, you have to have an impactful football team. And the Bears, and uh, it's when they don't win ball games, and when people say, oh, the Bears, rich story tradition, I, I would like to see more added to that story because I haven't seen anything that, that's rich about that story in a, in a few years. So we'll see. I, I was about to say, because as a, you, you may be able to see it on my shoulder as a Packers owner. Uh, we were going to have uh, uh, some words. So I'm just glad. Oh, I'm glad. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know what? Pack, my, my guy, James Jones, man, uh, yeah. you know, Packer legend with the, with the hoodie. You know, yeah. I asked him, his, one of his buddies, his college buddies is, is the new head coach at UNLV. I tweeted James. I'm like, James, man, like that UNLV hat your boy's wearing looks pretty nice. You get any discounts in the bookstore. And if you do, I'll see you around Radio Row on Super Bowl. And sure enough, as soon as I saw James, like, oh, I'll be right back. I got that hat for you. So that just lets you know what kind of dude that James Jones is, man. I mean, it's so that this the, the Packers, do, do we love them here in Illinois and Chicago? Absolutely not. But do we respect them? Like, like, uh, like what's like Vince Vaughn, like Wes Mantooth respects Ron Burgundy. That, that's, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of the same, the same road we're driving down. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you a supporter of Juan's Chicago White Sox by chance? I, I am not, but I, I saw, I, I'm a, I was always a big Frank Thomas fan. So, I mean, I, was, I had the, the privilege to work with Frank when I was at Fox and uh, saw Frank yesterday coming down. I'm like, I gotta, let me go say, Hey, to this kid, or this cat, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying, because when I was a kid, I, even though I was a Cubs fan, I was a huge Frank Thomas fan. I played first base. I, I you know, I was, a, I had a little ex, extra cushion as well. So, you know, I say, so it, it almost looked like I was the bootleg version of Frank Thomas. So it's <laughs> to be able to go and say, Hey, to Frank and, and talk real quick and dap him up. Like, you know, it's, it's like the 13 year old version of me would be like, what's going on here. You're walking around the, at Wrigley field. You know, my, my little one got to grow up at Dodger stadium and run the bases and go in the, in the bowels and see all the gold gloves. And I mean, just be rub elbows with players. And remember she was riding one time on an on a elevator with Matt Kemp and she loved Matt Kemp and, she would talk to him during games and everything. So I just feel like, you know, I've been very blessed and lucky to be able to do the things that, I, that I'm able to do. And it's, it's, it's a, it's a real privilege. So, you know, not a White Sox fan, but like I said, growing up, I was a Frank Thomas fan and just to be able to interact with some of those guys, it's, it's pretty neat. Hopefully I'll be able to go over there and say, Hey to Dave and, you know, some of the guys on the, on the Dodgers, because I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's all baseball. Those guys, I mean, they're not going to look at me and say, Hey, we used to work for the Dodgers and now you, you work for the Cubs. Like don't talk to this guy. No, man, it's, I mean, I think I feel like it's like they say football is family. I feel it's the same way with baseball. Baseball's family as well. 
In my, in my defense, Cole, all my boys are are White Sox fans, so so that's why that's, I, I, I that's okay. I, it's, I feel bad for them. I mean, you know, they have yeah. to play at a, at a subpar field. It's like their uniform's not as good. It's it's all right. It's it's fine though. It's fine. I mean, shout out to the Output Lounge across the street from Wrigley Field, best wings in all of Chicago. Shout okay. out to Eddie Goo. Nice. And and we we and I subtly bring up Juan's fight in Chicago White Sox because he suffers from years of abuse because he's a Raiders fan. He's a Chicago White Sox fan. So it's just years of abuse. And obviously okay. the only bright spot in his life is anything Dodgers related. We don't talk okay. about the Lakers because it, it, that's also years of abuse at this point. Yeah. It's almost like what it was the movie in Kanto. It's like Bruno. We don't, we don't talk about Bruno. We don't yeah. talk about no, 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 we don't talk about Bruno. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's, you know, the Raiders, I, I feel like the Raiders, they, 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 they could be move, moving up. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm a Derek Carr fan. And I, I know that's probably haven't have worked you know, for uh, with, with David Carr for six years, but I, I just I, I like that cat, man. I mean, there's just something about Derek Carr. Like, and I saw someone tweeted out that Derek Carr is the best, worst quarterback in his division of all time, and I don't I don't buy that because I'm not on the Justin Herbert bandwagon. I, I know this is this is a Dodgers podcast. We're trying to get ready for Dodgers and Cubs, but you know when, when it shifts to NFL, you know, I. I I just think I always I, I tweeted out before the Chargers are nothing but the West Coast Dolphins, and they prove that year after year after year after year. Like we saw it trying to you know it, no no punts, Brandon Staley. What are you doing? <laughs> and, and great, that's fantastic. But let, let's 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 sometimes just go with our gut, and they ruin their whole season because I don't I don't buy the, the Chargers. I think Derek Carr is is better than Justin Herbert. People can laugh laugh at me all they want, but either way, I'm I'm a ride with with DC on that one. So. All you Raiders fans out there, don't don't feel bad. I think that Devontae Adams' connection with uh, Derek Carr is going to be pretty nice. And please tell me the Darren Waller uh, trade rumors are BS. I don't I don't know about that one. I don't know about that. Like I oh. I, I can't keep my ear to the train track. But either way, I don't, I don't think that would be that. that that's I feel like uh, like Derek and, and Darren are on a uh, in a good place. You know, as far as that uh that cohesiveness goes. So I I, I don't know. I mean, what do I mean? I thought that Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers were in a good place as well. So anything can happen. We'll, well, we'll and, see from, and there from, you have it. An update right there for you on LA's real football team. The Raiders. I, oh, I mean, sorry. At, at Super Bowl, Terrell Davis said that, 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 that the Broncos were getting Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, right. like, like any source that you check, it could be 1,000% uh, in the wrong direction. So, I mean, Russell Wilson in, in Denver, we'll, we'll see. I, uh, Wanted to give a shout out to Jerry Harrison Jr. for uh for allowing us to have Cole Wright on our podcast, uh because if it wasn't for him, he wouldn't even be here right now. So that worked out great. Exactly, and, and you know Jerry would take full credit too, uh, just yeah. just like like Jerry would. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, he's still. I mean, he is the MVP of the 09 Yankees. Let's not forget that. Exactly. If he was the glue guy, yeah. you know, if it weren't for him, I mean, what would happen? Yeah. What? Yeah. Forget Derek Jeter. Like no one gives exactly. a damn about it. Yeah. No, DJ uh-huh. didn't do anything there. I mean, Sixteen year veteran, Jerry Harrison. Yeah, yeah. Uh, MV, uh, Hall of Famer also. Yeah, uh, exactly. Should be. Should be. It should be. But on that note, Cole Wright, uh, Marquee Sports Network, where can the people find you if they want to follow you on the on the socials? I'm just on Twitter, at Cole Wright, pretty much plain and simple, man. You know, check us out. You know, we always like to have a lot of fun. And, you know, like every once in a while, we like to, you know, put, put out some stats and everything as far as, you know, the Cubs are concerned. And I'm, I'm sure there's going to be you know, some fun moments this weekend in, in this three-game series. And I feel like it's, it's one of the it's, – it's not a – a long-standing rivalry, but I feel like, you know, from 2015, 2016, 2017, the, the Cubs and Dodgers, they built up, you know, a little friction there. The, the, their series are always fun. You know, you're always going to get some some tough-fought baseball games. So I think that's what we'll be in for this weekend. I like it. Well, Cole Wright, thank you again for making the time, and we'll, we'll catch you down the road. Okay, anytime, fellas. Thank you. Hey, it's Steve Mason from Mason and Ireland on 710 ESPN and from the Culture Pop Podcast, and you are listening to the bleed los podcast all right Juan. so uh before we dive into the uh looking ahead let's let's look at the week that was uh not to brag just you know gonna throw this out there but my prediction was that the dodgers were gonna go four and one they went four and one i don't really count rogers if i'm being honest with you because as far as he's concerned it's like oh well they went they went five and oh so our did I win and did Roger win? Or, I said yes. four and one. I said four and one. The the winners from last week were Alonzo and Roger. 
Uh, they both predicted the Dodgers would go four and one, which they did. Uh, they took two out of three out of Detroit, and then they uh, they swept the Gigantes. So um, it was a good week for the Dodgers. I, I I'm glad I was wrong. No, I mean, listen. I, obviously, we'll take the Dubs where they come in, right? But the Giants. I mean, it was a statement game. I feel like or a statement series because they they beat the Giants, who were leading the NL West, and now the Dodgers are atop the NL West. And let's be honest, the Giants are good. I mean, Alex. Okay, Wood, so let me. Uh, was it really a statement game? That lineup that the Giants had in that Tuesday night game. I mean, there was no Brandon Belt. I mean, right. they have a, a COVID breakout. Right. Like the Dodgers needed to to do they needed to win these games i i give credit to the giants pitching man i mean rodan he'd only given up two hits and now it's wood carrying a yeah, no hitter carrying a no hitter until babyface jinxed it so babyface again doing the the work that that is necessary to save his team for those of you who aren't familiar uh, i think he was about the fourth inning uh babyface a game that we both attended uh, said to me, he's like, hey, Alex Wood is pitching a no-hitter. And sure enough, the very next inning, the Dodgers got their first hit. So thank you, uh, Babyface, for everything that you do for this team. And for confirming that you're a jinx as well. Scientifically, <laughs> has been Mythbusters have, have debunked this, and it's, it's confirmed. Where's the line? I mean, shouldn't I mean, based on what the Giants were going through, shouldn't the Dodgers have won both of those games? Like, wouldn't it have been bad to go on and get a split with the Giants, the injury problems that they have and the COVID outbreak that they have? So, uh, first of all, I thought you were going to say, doesn't that actually confirm that Rogers a jinx? That's how I thought you were going to start that. That's my bad. Um, no, they, I mean, they, listen, we're three years into the pandemic now. 21, 20, yeah, three years-ish. At this point, you know, we, we all have to live and, 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 and do the thing. I mean, I've had COVID twice. It's a part of it now, right? It's a part of the thing. So... <clears throat> Be it as it may, you still have to weather that storm. And the Dodgers did what they had to do. Took two of two. Now they're atop the NL West. And, you know, they're looking, they're looking to be firing in all cylinders from you know, all things considered. I mean, Radon was going out there and throwing a gym. Alex Wood is going out there and throwing a gym. And they won both of those games pretty, I mean, I feel like pretty decidedly, don't you? Well, the second game they did. I right. mean, but again, it's one of those things where we've seen it before with this team where they struggle offensively and then they have one inning where they just explode. Right. But Hey, I mean, we're burying the lead. I thought they were going to split against the giants because I thought they would lose the game that the Catman pitched. Right. But Hey, babyface, you got to give the Catman credit. I mean, the guy went five innings. He only gave up one run that home run that he gave up to Brandon Crawford. The Catman's ERA is under two. I think you owe that man an apology. Like you should go right now on air and apologize to the Catman because no, a lot of people owe that man an apology. No one has ever said that the Catman can't pitch. He goes out and he pitches good one inning, two inning. Then it'll be like that third inning that he pitches. He will throw like 40 pitches. And then, you know, he goes back. It's like that inconsistency. Every once in a while, he'll have a good game like this. The five innings was great. One one run, great. We'll take that every time, but we need to see that every single, well, at least, you know, nine out of ten times that he goes out there. <laughs> I mean, he, he can't go out there. Nine out of ten times. Nine so. out of ten times. He's, he's got to have a 900 winning percentage. <laughs> yeah, well, so I mean, he can't go 500. I mean, he has to be 900. I mean, yeah. you get you get, you get my, what I'm trying to say. I mean, I you can't have that inconsistency of, like, you know, one game he's good, and then the next game, you know, he'll go and in one inning pick, you know, one through four, and he'll throw, you know, he'll go like 40 pitches in one inning. He has to have a more consistent. But his know, ERA is under two. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's how he's been for, you know, since pretty is much it his that career. Consistent? That's because uh, he, because he's only pitching about four innings or three innings to start. Yeah. And there's other people on the staff that only go four or five innings. I mean, I find it very interesting who they have a, a a short leash on and who they don't have a short leash on. I'm just saying, I get it. It is frustrating for you probably do want to see him give you a little more length, but the Dodgers obviously believe in the philosophy that they're not going to let certain pitchers 
the, go there's through only, there's a only lineup one for pitcher, the third There's time. only one pitcher that you know we know who we're talking about. We'll we'll discuss that next week for our our weekend our next week's show. But Gonsolin, I'm if if he gave him, you know, if he gave him six seven innings, I'm sure they'll take it from Gonsolin. But that you think he, they would he let Gonsolin go through a lineup a third time? I think if he's if he's like at 60 70 pitches you know fifth or sixth inning you know he might get he might get into the seventh you know if he's around 70 pitches okay so so tony in all fairness to tony um he's pitched roughly 22 innings for sure maybe a little bit more and uh and my man is still going out there five innings, seven innings. He's doing fine. So I don't see what – I don't understand the problem. What was his pitch count yesterday? When did they take him out? Uh, yeah, I think it. they took him out because it was going to be the third time through the lineup. I, 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 would, I would agree with Juan that I think it's a lineup thing with Tony. I don't think it's that they don't trust him or anything like that. I think it's just the, the third – I mean, that's anyone. If you see someone a third time through – you're going to see their stuff better. That's, I don't see anything wrong with that. Look, I see your point, baby face, because the thing is, is I, I get it that they don't want these guys facing, facing uh, the third time through the lineup. Uh, I think the Dodgers really are believe in that philosophy, but at the same time, I, I think, don't you want to save your bullpen a little bit? Because we've we've seen this story before, right? Where, yeah, you, we have a great bullpen that's lights out, but then at the end of the year, these guys are gassed because maybe they pitched too many innings, innings that maybe we should have depended on our starters more than, than the relievers. So I, I just I, I know that the, the Catman is one of the favorite whipping boys on this show. I wanted to give him credit because, hey, man, he only gave up one run. And he was much more efficient. The only thing that I find interesting is he seems to pitch a lot better at Dodger Stadium in terms of efficiency. When he's on the road, I think is when you see those innings that you're talking about, Babyface, where yeah, he pitches I mean, 40 pitches in an yeah, inning. Yeah, I think if, like I said, he cuts back on those super long innings that don't let him get past, you know, like the fourth inning or something, then obviously that's what he needs to do. But, I mean, yeah, he pitched a good game, got him to the fifth, you know. If he can get into the six, that'd be great. Um, but yeah, if he can, like I said, cut back on those innings where he's out there for, you know, forty pitches, you know, we'll we'll really see what what Catman's got. Well, and realistically speaking, he it's better than the Catman that we saw in the World Series. I mean, I know that might be harsh, but he's he's improved, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Alonzo, I want to I want to change gears real quick uh, sure. because. You know, Babyface and I and Alicia, Alicia's on assignment, by the way, if you guys are wondering why you're not hearing her right now, uh, she, she is on assignment. But we were at the Dodger game. The three of us were at the Dodger game last night. And one of the things, uh, and I don't know if people have seen it on the social medias yet, but when Wookie Betts, uh, well because it was Star Wars night, you know, Wookie Betts hit a home run. There was a Giants fan who caught that that home run ball. And apparently it, when he realized he made a video, it's on social media where, where he addresses what happened after he caught the ball and he realized that it was Mookie Betts that had hit, hit the home run. He got really upset. And uh, how was it? He threw his glove on the ground. <laughs> and when he threw his glove on the, the ground, the ball rolled out and then some Dodger fan, Stole the ball from him. Yeah, they did. They stole the ball from him, and he knew who took the ball. And then he went to that fan to ask for the ball back, and that Dodger fan would not give him the ball back. I, I bring this story up because this will probably be one of the only times that we ever bring up uh, Barstool Sports on this show. But uh, I, I can't pronounce – I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Jared Carabas. Carabas, yes. Carabas, okay. He has his own podcast now, uh, baseball podcast. He does a lot of, he used to do a lot of podcasts for the Red Sox. But he had a very interesting tweet where he said that we can no longer 
Let me see if I, oh, here we go. I'll bring it. This is the exact tweet. I'm going to read it for you. Dodger fans got that reputation of showing up late and leaving early, but I think those days are gone. Those fans show up big time at Dodger Stadium and they go absolutely bonkers for this team night in and night out. We had Cole on the show earlier where he was talking about how Dodger fans get a bad reputation, you know, that Dodger fans are knowledgeable. Earlier in the week, there was, for the second year in the row, the Dodgers are one of the most hated teams in Major League Baseball based on social media interaction. So that's a lot of fans. I have to ask you guys now, the fact that that Dodger fan would not give that Giant fan Wookie bets his ball back. Was he wrong there? Should the Dodger fan have given him that ball back? I'm going to let Roger go first because I kind of want to hear what he says. So we're talking already about, preparing your rebuttal. <laughs> so we're talking about yourself, right, Juan? Like you didn't want to give the ball back. That, to that was guy. not me. Do not do not <laughs> lie. I, I was sitting with the commoners in the executive suite. So I don't, I don't know what you're. He, he was about. sitting with Mark Walters because he sent me a selfie, and he's like, "Bro, you missed out on the snacks." Blue, you're my boy. I don't know. He, do we know for sure that he threw his glove and some? You know, is there video of that? Like, All right, let's just like, go by his account. Don't, yeah. don't, uh, you know, cross-examine him. Let's just assume that what he, because what, why does he have to lie? Right. You know, he said he didn't. I, think- I saw some Dodger fans hugging them. Were, were those his friends or they was just, those were just fans? That, it's like, possible came up they could him? have been friends, but we should just take this at face value of what it is. Don't know, and, duck the question. Yeah. As a Dodger fan. Thank you. If someone else catches the ball and the ball gets away from that person, should you give them the ball? Like, did you see that video? I'll put this on two scales. Okay. One, yeah, you should probably give them the ball. But you're the Giants fan, so. So here, here's so here's my take on it. So, and I feel like the comparison you were going to make Juan with that uh, Blue Jays fan and Yankee yes. fan is not fair, because there's a child involved. That's why it's not fair. Okay. In this case, we're talking regular ass. That's fair. That's fair. Regular ass adults. Um, I feel like if you go to enemy territory, and you 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 drop the football, you've lost the football. <laughs> now, I feel like it would also be reciprocated if I was in enemy territory in, we'll say, Colorado. I feel like it'd be fair game because obviously I'm going to be wearing Dodger gear, right? Um, now, if it were a Dodger fan and there was Dodger on Dodger crime, that would be a problem. That's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, you know, I, I think you convinced me, Alonzo. Going into this, I thought, you know, the Dodger fans should have given him the ball because it was clear to everyone that he caught the ball. Right. I, I mean, I don't think he interfered with you. No, no, no. I don't think so. Either. Uh, I think he caught the ball and that should have been his ball. He realized what he did and he got caught up in the emotion. But you're right. It's uh, the opposing team. You lose the ball. I, it's my ball. I, now. I, I just said what Alonzo said in less words. I said, if another situation. Yeah, it's but I don't fan. have so I don't have like, a scale. That's the difference. The caveat is it's pretty black and white. If I go to your place. And I disrespect your place by wearing a Giants jersey and I drop the football. That is now your football. That's a you fair. You know what? But, but Alonzo wasn't a jerk about it. You're the reason why Dodger fans have a bad reputation, baby face. Touche. I, I, I try to be, I try I'm, to be I'm, empathetic. How dare you, Juan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, tr- but truthfully, I mean, if I'm in New York and, I, and I'm at, at Steve Cohen's pad there in, in Queens, I'm sorry, Flushing, Flushing, New York. My bad, Queens. I don't want to disrespect you guys like that and i you know catch a ball and i drop it naturally i expect them to behave well it's 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 mine now this is now mine you have lost the privilege of having that baseball that's fair because you're in enemy territory i i just going back to to jared's tweet i just love the fact that people are are Pushing back against that lazy narrative yeah. that Dodger fans are are weak. They're not good fans. I, I mean, every year we're we're we're. At I the do top. think we're the new evil empire. I will say that. Yeah, but that's different, though. I, I right. mean, the fact that you know every year we're at the top of attendance. Uh, the, these are passionate fans. They care about the team. That's the reason why. And it's going to segue into my next one. This is the reason why they boo. 
They right. boo because they care. Yeah, there are some fans there that are booing for just no reason, just to be, you know, a-holes. But si, for si, the most Juan part, exactly. But for the most part, people boo because they care. They're passionate. Babyface and I were they, at the they game. Only boo, they only boo you if you're good, right? Didn't we hear that? Uh, from... So is that why? Right. So Babyface and I were at the game last night, and Jock got booed. Right. Every time he came out to the plate, Jock got booed. So is it but they he, were booing Jock because Jock was good? Because you said it, Babyface. They didn't boo him when he was, when he was the a Braves. Cub or the Braves. They didn't boo no, him. No, it's because he's a giant. Yeah, they booed him because what, what jersey does he have on now? Yeah, he's got the he's got the, the same thing the, for the, Alex Wood. When Alex yeah. Wood got introduced, he got booed. Just like if Kenley would have been a giant, they would have booed him too. Yeah, so yes. do we have more of a problem with Jock getting booed than with Kenley getting booed? I think those are two different things. Honestly. Okay. Young Jock, who obviously has has his his, his rep, you know, big time postseason hitter, all that stuff. He didn't leave the Dodgers under like weird circumstances, anything weird like that. It was just like, hey, there's a log jam. See ya. But he got a ring, right? He helped the Dodgers win a ring. So that's okay, cool. Hey, you're, you got to do what you got to do. Just like if Kika ever comes back, which I'm, I know they will because of the way they changed the schedule up. I don't think they're going to boo him because he's in a Red Sox uniform. They're, I don't think they're going to boo him at all because do you know anyone that hates Kike aside from people that don't like to have fun? Yeah, no. I, I just, it was very interesting. I did not expect uh, the booing for Jock just because, and I agree with you, Alonso, in the sense that it was different. Uh, I think people view Kenley, they, they, I think they forget a lot uh, what Kenley did uh, for this organization. While I think even though Jock left, I, I think Jock left, it was right after the Dodgers won the World Series. So there, there was a better memory of Jock leaving the team. And I think also people knew Jock was leaving because he wasn't going to get the opportunity with here. And you this is play every day. why I say Dodger day. fans are knowledgeable. I think Dodger fans knew, hey, the same reason Kike left, the same reason Jock left, they left because these guys wanted to play every day and they weren't going to get that opportunity here with the Dodgers. The Kenley one was a, uh, it was a little more gray because just people remember the blown saves not all the other saves that he was actually successful in. I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the more I think about it, it the, the Kenley booing thing is weird. Like, and what kind of like spurs for me is when we talked to Eric Cogney, shout out to Eric Cogney, uh, and he kind of vouched for him, right? Because the other yeah. big time saver, save guy pitching, you know, in, in the same realm that you think of when you think of the Dodgers, you think of Eric Cogney. And so if Eric Cogney is backing you, in, in that regard, like he, you know, hey, he, he crushed all the stuff I did, you know, yeah, he won a ring, all that stuff. For me, that should be plenty for the knowledgeable Dodger fan to be like, okay, maybe we're being dicks about this. It it'd been interesting to see if Jock would have went straight to like the Giants, say like last year, and then he would there would have been no Cubs, no Braves. He would have went straight to the Giants, and then he came to the stadium for the first time. What would the re, you know reception be? What do you've gotten? I think it still would have been the same. I just, think it would have been the same. Just straight booze. Yeah, because it's the Giants. I mean, do you know anyone really that's a Dodger fan that's like, yeah, yeah, the Giant fans are okay. Giants are all, yeah, they're all right. Like, yeah, I mean that that's the reaction when you, when he went to the Giants. It was like he'd look on Twitter. It was like, oh come on, Jock, really? Like the Giants? Like that's where you had to go? Like the Giants? You know, like of all teams, like the Giants. Yeah, know? yeah. No, I, I ultimately that's what I think it is. Just the rivalry. I mean, if you're a Dodger fan, you hate the you hate the Giants, right? If you're a Raider fan, you hate. Who do you guys hate? Everyone. Okay. Um, you know, if you're a Packer fan, you hate the Packers. Because Justin Bieber released a video saying that it, it was a fumble, and he knew all along oh, it was a fumble. I was actually going to ask you about that. How how upset were you when you saw that video? I, I was very upset, especially when you sent it to me. So don't act innocent here. You know oh. how pissed I was. Oh, F that guy. All, F that guy. First of all, how many times have I told you that was a fumble? I Yeah. Tell that to the to the referee who made that horrible call in that game and cost us a Super Bowl. Still one of the worst calls I've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> like, how, like, bro, what, how do you what? That's a fumble. You mean to tell me that Mark Sanchez did not butt fumble? But that's not. Come on, like, stop it. Los Angeles Raiders forever. <laughs> he, we, 
I like how we talked about that with Cole and just Cole didn't want to acknowledge the Chicago Bears, by the way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, and then you're baseball guy. So uh, fair, fair. I, I was trying to help the guy out. I mean, but let's look forward, right? Yes. Into uh next uh the the next six games. So the Cubs, they have a, a set with the Cubs at Wrigley Field that begins tomorrow, today, if you're listening to this. And uh, then they, from there, they go to one of the most beautiful ballparks in all of baseball. Uh, I think it's still called PNC Park yes. in, uh, in Pittsburgh. If you have not had a chance to go to either of these two stadiums, talk about it a little bit with Cole, uh, go to them. Because Wrigley Field rips. like it, It's just a, what you would expect a baseball town to be, baseball ambiance. That's, that's Chicago. Not the White Sox, though. White Sox, eh, uh, brick and mortar operation. Not about that. I will tell you this: they have better food than Wrigley Field. Right. The stadium is garbage, though. Yeah. The stadium, not- but they have fantastic food at uh, Comiscular. That's up. That's about all they got going there, because uh, the yeah. neighborhood sucks. It's, it's it ain't good. Uh, shout out to the homie AJ Pollock. Uh, sorry that uh, you have to deal with that. And then the Pirates. Uh, PNC Park, if you've never been to Pittsburgh, it's, it's just a really cool city. I highly suggest you go. Ballpark is beautiful. You can for sure find tickets if you're going because no one's going to buy tickets. I'm just, it's unfortunate because it's such a beautiful venue. Anyway, they got three against the Cubs, three against the Pirates. Uh, it looks like Tim Anderson, Clayton Kershaw, Walker Beeler. It's, it's kind of who is looking is going to go. Uh, for the most part, it looks to be TBD for the Cubs. Who's, who's Tim? Tim Anderson? <laughs> TBD. He's, he's the shortstop uh, for the White Sox. Yeah, th- that guy. Yeah, but I said TBD. Oh, they said Tim Anderson. On Did the I say game. Tim Anderson? I don't know. Thanks, babyface. You just derailed the whole show. Yeah, so let's go with Anderson. Anderson yeah. will be pitching on Friday. Uh, Anderson. Uh, damn it! Now, God, now we have to do this again. Um, Anderson, Kershaw, Beeler. Uh, the Cubs aren't very good. Cole Cole did a good job of, of surmising. Uh, that they're not great, but that there's some hope there. What are your predictions for uh, for the Cubs Series 1? Okay, so before we go into the predictions, I just want to remind everyone, uh, Alonzo and Babyface uh, were successful last week. They won the picks. They are on the board now with points. So just to recap the leaderboard here, uh, the uh, score so far is Alonzo with one point, myself with one point, Babyface with one point, and Alicia is yet to get on the board. So we shame. also have her picks. And for clarification, we, we do know what we're talking about. Tyler Anderson is who's pitching for the Dodgers on Friday. So my prediction is this. Um, I think the weather is going is going to play tricks. Um, but I say that the Dodgers will take two out of three uh, from uh, the, the Cachorros. Um, only because I think uh, you're going to have a double header on Saturday. The the weather's going to play tricks. Sorry. tight. Thank you. I uh, was not trying to sneeze in your ear. Um, I think that they're going to drop one against the Cachorros because of the weather. My apologies to Tyler Anderson. <laughs> that, that better for you there, Roger. Um, and, uh, and I th- yeah, I think they'll drop one against the Cubs. And I think the one that they will drop will be whenever the first game is, whether it's Friday or whether it's Saturday, that first game, I think they're going to drop. And, uh, and I think the Cubs are, uh, they're just, they're just not, they're pedestrian, I guess, for lack of a better term, no offense to them. They're rebuilding right now. A lot of injuries. A lot of guys are hurt. Wayne Miley's hurt. Angelton Simmons is hurt. A lot of guys are hurt. Um, So with that said, I think the Dodgers will, 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 be relatively successful offensively and then against the uh the, the oh i'm sorry uh roger what are your prediction against the cubs the so dramatic who, who, entrance continue who, who was going the second game you said kershaw's uh, pitching game two kershaw see kershaw's going game two walker be their game tray now if you've seen the dodgers this year they've they've they pretty much won the first game dropped the second and then like won the third so I don't know if that trend would continue. I don't. I don't want to go against Kershaw, um, but I still think it'll be two out of three in Chicago. But you'll jinx know. Julio Diaz. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> Julio. Well, I don't. I don't. I still. It'll be two out of three in Chicago. But I don't know. I don't know which game they'll drop. But I think it'll be two out of three. Okay, so we're okay. unanimous there. 
Uh, we we have Alicia's picks. Also, she picks two out of three. Yes. Uh, in Chicago. So moving on to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, I think uh, they will sweep the Pirates. No offense to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, for that, oh, you know what? I just realized I didn't have the uh, probables for that. Um, but I think they will sweep the uh, the poor Pirates. Uh, just the Pirates of old aren't the thing anymore, unfortunately. But uh, I think they will go in there and sweep them. And then the probables for that series, as of right now, I believe is all TBD um, because of uh, some injuries. And yes, it's all TBD for them. So we don't know who's going to go for them yet. Uh, because I think uh, Wednesday is a getaway day, uh, and it it, the the double uh, the double header that they're more than likely going to have to play in Chicago, I think, is going to affect their pitching. Uh, more than likely, you're going to have Urias open the series in Pittsburgh. Um, Gonsolin, uh, the Catman, will probably pitch the second game, and I think they're going to go with a bullpen game on Wednesday. Uh, because of that scenario, I, I, I did agree with you a lot. I was first going to go with the sweep, but the fact that there's just too many variables in that series for me, I'm going to go, they're going to win two out of three in Pittsburgh overall going four and two on, on the, um, on the road trip. And Alicia also has them going four and two on the road trip. So let me tell you why I don't think that they're going to drop a game against the pirates. Um, a, cause the pirates aren't very good. Then B, it's going to give them. They're going to they're going to see lesser pitching, so it's going to give them an opportunity to go out and do what they do. That's not a knock on the Pirates. It's just where they're at. Uh, that's literally the only reason why. It, it's there, there should be no reason they they should not sweep them. Roger, what are your predictions for the Pirates series? You see now, it's kind of the same thing with the Diamondbacks. You know, I mean, there was no reason for them to lose games to the Diamondbacks. It's kind of these games against these lesser teams. They somehow go in thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to win these games, no problem, and they end up losing one or two. Um, Let me ask you this real quick. How many guys that play for the Diamondbacks can you name, and how many guys for the Pirates can you name? Um, I know uh, that girl's boyfriend's on the Pirates, Cole Tucker. Um, <laughs> Vanessa Hutchins, Cole Tucker, uh, Cody Bollinger's uh, buddy. This is where Roger goes, Sid Bream, <laughs> Raphael Belliard. Roberto yeah. Clemente, <laughs> Luis Gonzalez. I, I still think I still think they're gonna sweep. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get that you know old um Omedo signs feel. Was wow. the Pirates? Why were you tear it up? Right? Was it against the Pirates? He was with the Dodgers. Yeah, no, no, but oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Omedo signs was a yeah. professional hitter. Omedo yeah. Sainz was a professional hitter. He'd go into Pittsburgh right and tear it up. Right? I think yeah. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna you know kind of channel that energy and I, and I think they'll get the sweep. Okay, so, to recap then, uh, Alicia has them going four and two. Alonzo has them going five and one. I have them going four and two, and Babyface has them going five and one. So uh, maybe you guys will exp expand your lead, or Alicia will finally get on the board. Well, and I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, um, no offense to the Pirates or the Cubs either. Let's just get that out of the way. It's just the reality of where we're at. Um, on that note, was there anything else that, uh, that you want to do, uh, to litigate one? Cause I know you have a, I know you, you always have a list. No, I have, I'm, I have nothing on the list. I mean, look, the oh. Dodgers, the Dodgers went four and one they're in first place. I don't even think they're playing great. No, like they're winning these games, but it's not in the way that you would think they would be winning. I'm going to save this for another episode because I still feel like there is time, but I continue to hear the chatter. I, I saw something on social media about Justin Turner that I don't know if it's true yet, but if it is going to be, I think you need a little more time, but people I saw on social media comparing him to Adrian Gonzalez saying that he is starting to look like Adrian Gonzalez before Cody Bellinger Wally pipped him. I don't know if we're there yet with Justin Turner, but he is. We are now in into May. I know we had a late start, but we are into May, and he is still hitting under two hundred. I mean, to be fair, Turner doesn't, he, you know, he start heating start. up. Yeah, until yeah. May. May is when he starts turning it up. So uh, last year, last year it was reverse. 
Last year he started. And he was off surprised. Hot. And he was yeah. surprised. He yeah, was like, I remember he was surprised about that. Yeah. So th- that's what I'm saying. I, I think it's too early, but it, yeah. that is something that I am keeping an eye on. Uh, Muncie, I think Muncie, again, he has an injury that he's still recovering from, but he's a guy that's hitting o- under 200. So this is what I'm saying. Like this lineup that was supposed to be the greatest lineup in the history is still not clicking on all cylinders. And based on winning percentage, the Dodgers have the best record in all of Major League Baseball. And Mookie's well, heating up, though, too. Yeah, I was going to say the two dudes I've been watching are Mookie. I'm sorry, Wookie Mets and uh, and uh, Max Muncy. Because, again, I mean, these both of those dudes had injuries, right? They had injury woes they were coming back from. I mean, Mookie Betts is arguably one of the best players on the planet when he's healthy. And obviously, because he's, you know, former MVP, all that jazz. So, for me, if if the... Again, I've said this before. Talk to me in July. In July, that's when I'd be worried, right? Because, I mean, right now, even though with the injury woes, they're still the best team in baseball, that's that's insane. They don't even have a built-out rotation yet. That's no. the other crazy thing. I know. I, I mean, like I said, it's it's it, it'll be things to watch. I think Mookie is a difference maker because the games that Mookie hits, the Dodgers score a lot of runs in those games yeah. when, when Mookie hits. So, to me... He, he, it's really important that 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 Mookie gets right. So that's uh, those are the things to watch for. I think the other thing I want to watch is uh, is is Kershaw. I just kind of want to see how the body hangs. You know how the body kind of goes into these starts because at the end of the day, he's been dude. He's been pitching out of his mind. But also for him to not so I mean knocking on wood, not have any any. Hey, I don't have a stiff back. Hey, I don't have this that or the other. For me, that's huge because especially right now with the lack of of starting depth. And I mean, we didn't you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Clearly, Trevor Bauer is not coming back. So all of that's changed. So that, that's the other reason I'd kind of keep an eye on him just just to see kind of how the thing goes. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we will wrap this up. Thank you guys for stopping by. Uh, as always, this episode was presented by Bet Online. If you go to betonline.ag and uh, you sign up. For all you know, your betting needs, whether it's the upcoming uh, Kentucky Derby, if it's uh, the NBA playoffs, MLB, check them out, betonline.ag. And uh, if you use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, you will get a 50% welcome deposit. So check out betonline.ag for, uh, for all the info. Huge thanks to them for presenting. But on that note, we'll catch you down the road. Rate, subscribe, review. For myself, Babyface Gimmick in the Sky, Roger, Juan, and Alicia, who's out on assignment, thanks again, and we'll catch you down the road. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.